What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Just Be Real, and welcome back for another episode of Just Be Real Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that might be a little touchy, so trigger warning, it is going to be about body dysmorphia before you want to head and go ahead and continue to listen to this episode. So, as a warning, don't say I ain't warning you because I'm about to get real personal. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. What's up, fam bam? What's up, people? What's up, everybody? Hopefully... Y'all have been pressing on. This year is passing by rapidly. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed season seven so far. Uh, I was able to show so much love to start it off. I just feel like Queen Space was the perfect song. Ari came out with a, a banger. Her and Summer Walker, as always, don't expect nothing less. And, you know, have my homeboy Dion on here talking about transgenerational toxicity, which is from a male's perspective, one of my dearest and greatest friends from, you know, college. We met when we was in 18, our freshman year of college, and just always kept in contact. Um, and I know it's been a while since we had a little testosterone on the uh, podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'm just glad I've been able to tap in a little bit deeper not scratch surfaces, but go a little further than the unexpected. Um, as y'all heard, bringing in this episode was Love Myself, um, the high note that Tracy Ellis Ross was in. Uh, I felt like that song in particular had touched me when I first seen the movie, only because you who doesn't want to love themselves? Who doesn't want to embrace themselves as much as they show the love to others. And sometimes that's what we get lost in the clouds about is we love others more than we love ourselves. And sometimes we project that love where we feel like we're over loving or maybe under loving because we don't know how to love efficiently, effectively, and just enough where it's just not too much, you know, like the three little bears. One was too hot, one was too cold, one was just right. And it's like finding that middle balance to have the same amount of love for self as you do for others. But sometimes that self-love needs to supersede an overflow your cup before giving all that love to others because as my my favorite mug says that I use for coffee you can't pour from an empty cup so you can't love someone if you ain't loving yourself and I think that's very important to talk about I know so far with season seven it's been a personal bringing in the society and culture but I wanted to take a step back and you know jump into something that's been a big thing for me since childhood um it's something that I've struggled with for pretty much years. And I feel like a lot of black girls, young black girls struggle with this. Um, whether you were me, which you were a little bit bigger than the average, or you might have been really, really skinny. Um, you know what I'm saying? It matters. And, you know, of course, we all develop in our adolescence. And sometimes that baby weight, as they call it, falls off. That's what it was for me. I was a little bit thicker. But as I started playing basketball and doing sports, I became more lean. Um but even still, I think I was seeing myself as somebody who was like 600 pounds. Um, and there's plenty of people who've not just only experienced this or dealt with this, but took action. Um, back in the day, that was very big. I know Tammy Roman speaks about it. I don't know if you guys have seen Real World, Los Angeles, where she even got her mouth wired shut at a point in time on the show. Um, because she felt she was so big and just hated the image of herself. And she even brings that back now in the, you know, in the year of, you know, the 2000s in like 2020, I want to say, or 2021, don't quote me, where she speaks about how I think it was a time when she lost so much weight, like the weight, the late weight she is now. And she just talks about how she just had an image of herself. And, you know, our self image 
normally supersedes any perception that any person has of us because we're the ones living in the skin. We're the ones looking at it, at each other, looking at each other, looking at ourselves on a daily basis where we're able to criticize and we critique ourselves more than others. But like even then, back in the day, you had older generations who were really ready to critique, jump in, and hound on you because they wanted a certain image. But that's something that they were brainwashed into thinking that was necessary given the Western culture of the European thought process. I mean, think about where colorism stems from. Colorism is something that is a term we've coined and developed in the black culture because it was created by black women, but it was really called cultural prejudice. I mean, not cultural prejudice, color prejudice or color, you know, which stems still from racism. Because if you think about it, when you say you have a house nigga or you have, you know, a light skin nigga or, you know, a house nigga or a field nigga, it's all about the spectrum of where that melanin falls, which allows to know what privileges you're able to be presented with. And then with that, if you a house nigga and you got lighter of lighter melanin and lighter, you know, undertones, you get a lot more privilege because nine times out of 10, the master is your father. There's a lineage of, you know, that white blood running through your veins, which means being called a Sambo or, you know, a field nigga, which means your melanin's darker. Um, black people take on the term of colorism where it's just like take on the thing or perspective, I should say, of colorism because I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want to be no tar baby. I don't want to be, so I, if I'm able to pass and take the privilege or I don't want to be, you know, put in a negative connotation is how this whole colorism spectrum is. And um, I spoke with someone who said that they felt that it's normally the lighter, lighter tone blacks who always got to be a soapbox and always be having to be the ones to try to fight for radical injustice for the culture. And you know what? It's funny because it's normally the people who have darker melanin that say that. But it's like when somebody else of darker melanin does it, they're never criticized. Like look at Tamika Mallory. She goes hard. She's not darker. But she's a breast, pretty much a medium chocolate complexion, and she advocates and speaks highly and just you know stands on a soapbox daily. But you take Amanda Seals, there's so much criticism because they're like, well, you have white, white, white in your blood, and there's like a delineage that they claim that she's trying to delineate from of her her culture. But it's like in reality, we're we still forgetting the one drop rule, like one drop of black, you can't go back. Like is that's it. Even if you're able to pass, you know what the truth is. So I just found that funny when I had a conversation with a person who stated that. And it's like, it's always a double standard. But then again, it's a prime example of what I always say is it's a double standard. And colorism, not as bad enough that we're going against each other. We're trying to go against the world. Unity comes better when we come together as a whole. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. But then in reality, that's too much like right. Because they don't want us to, to come together. Same thing with, you know, like we said it with when I had Clarissa on season six. And we were talking about, you know, the association of Dominicans and the darker ones, you know, saying that they're not black and all this other stuff. And it's just like there's a certain treatment. I've even seen it where it was like a grandmother was had there was a doll, a daughter was given to her daughter, and the grandmother was holding her. And she moved the doll away because the doll was a darker complexion as if it didn't reflect her and was the same complexion. She tried to give the baby the white doll. And it's like, what, ma'am, you're really delusional. Like, y'all really feel like y'all just didn't have one stop extra before y'all came to this country or one stop before I hit in Jamaica or one stop. Like, y'all were all colonized. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's weird. I know my tone probably sounds a little different because this is more of a sensitive topic, which is not much laughs or much funny. But it's something that I definitely needed to, I feel like I've been holding off enough and wanted to talk about because even as in 32, I'm still struggling with it from time to time. Um...
And then when I look back at pictures of me in high school and middle school, I'm like, girl, you weren't even that big. But again, it's the mindset of what I was told in my household that made me feel like, girl, like you're not that cute. So today's episode is about body dysmorphia. It is definitely something that I feel is, is again, not officially diagnosed. It's a self-diagnosis. Um, but in the same token, I feel like there's a lot that surrounds it, especially when we look at people like Lizzo and like Missy Elliott back in the 90s and Kelly Price. There's a list of public figures that are very memorable in our history books that feel like they had to alter themselves or have went to a process minus Lizzo where they felt like they had to, you know, fit the facade of the perspective or the vision of what the people wanted to see them as. Now, I don't know for sure if they changed themselves for the people or if they actually went ahead and changed because they wanted healthier lifestyles. There's a difference. Some people do that. But um, I know Kelly Price wasn't put on a lot of or put in a lot of videos and, you know, or whatever, because of back in the 90s, she was very heavy set. She was bigger than what she is now. Missy Elliott even got to the point where I don't know if y'all know, but Raven Simone had a song where that's what little girls are made of and Missy Elliott is featured on it. But they have a whole light skin, you know, uh, Coke bottle shaped woman spitting her lyrics and Missy not even in the video because she was a little more on the heavier side and, you know, more of a plus size woman. How often did we watch America's Top Model not realizing as kids how toxic as hell that show was? To literally stem on what we allowed to regurgitate to ourselves or what our images was, especially when it came to the black people on the show. And knowing like, hey, a size, you know, a size 10 is considered plus size. Like what? When the average female in America wears a size 14, 16. And then again, the way that we eat in our living and the access to the resources are not that easily prevailed. So what do you expect us to look like a two? Unless we're starving ourselves, which comes to anorexia, which comes to bulimia. You know what I'm saying? So it's a contradiction of what they're trying to spew for us to be able to take in the rhetoric. But it's a propaganda for us to feel like we'll never be good enough. Like how often did we get perms as kids? I know I did. And it was all because, one, my mom couldn't do hair. But besides the point, it was the fact of the matter is, by European culture, it was best accepted that my hair not be in its natural state as opposed to being in a straight where it's more acceptable. And received by them, which makes these white people comfortable in appropriation. When I got to college, after literally I was online, once I got online for Delta, or literally in general, before I got online for Delta, I was like to myself, I'm tired of getting perms. I have amazing hair. I have great hair. Now, in the beginning, because it was so many years of damage, I had to reverse my hair for it to know that it's beauty and, and it's coils. Now, here we are damn near 12 years later, 11, yeah, damn near 11 years later, and my hair is at its best flourishing, growing, health, you know, length retention, healthy, because I've taken care of it and embraced it because it's like a plant. So what I put into it and what I water, speaking affirmations to it, just is as much as, I, as important as me speaking those affirmations to myself on a daily basis. So we have to do the same thing. We have to plant the seeds in self, water it regularly just for that rose to grow, because you can't expect something to get built from a seed if you just put it in the soil and then hide and run from it. That's how some of us are when it comes to body dysmorphia. I know for myself in particular, I can plant a seed in myself and feel so powerful. But then once I get outside into the world, I just feel like I don't want to water that plant. Because if I water it and it grows, it might not be comfortable, acceptable for where it might blossom or how it might look to the rest of the world. We have to get out of that mindset. Because in reality right now, look at it. They're trying to mimic and copy what we do as a culture. They want to have our rhythms, but don't want to come with the blues that come with it. 
that little period dog, that that girl with the whatever that got that stupid song that I'm so glad um, Young Miami did not feel it was appropriate. It was appropriation of color, like it was stated before, like by consciously. It's just a modern day form of a modern day form of blackface. Lashes, period, knowing I came from the city girl. Same thing with Cashflow. I don't know if y'all listen to Cashflow Harlem or Conscious Lee, but listen to both of those gentlemen. Lenezy speaks about it as well. Lenezy, you know, Lene, uh, Lene Renee, she's dope as hell. If y'all ever want to get into spaces where it talks about more of the conscious awareness of black culture, it's appropriation or just being black in society. Three top people I will listen to because they, Cashflow spits it on bars and just gives us, gives me that old school hip-hop vibe or like when they first started talking about you know societal awareness and just the rawness of what it is and what's going on in the streets of current events consciously as a professor of you know and he he's always giving the mindset and you know perspectives not just as a hetero cis black male but just in general topics from you know gay culture and the the way we have a certain stigma and mindset to believe as we're brainwashed. And y'all know Lene Lenezy, she be doing her thing with parking lot pimping where my girl is expanding. And she's just bringing in more knowledge for us to just take what we have as our platforms and be better as a one and be better as a unit. So you can't tell me that there weren't so many things where I know for me growing up, black dolls were rare. I know there was a Chrissy doll. Chrissy was a was the Barbie doll that was more of the the medium brown skin melanin of the tone, and then you had no Christy doll. The Christy doll was that, and I don't remember there was a darker uh, Barbie that was out there. Um, but then you had the uh, normal Barbie that I don't even remember. Um, but now they're becoming in a space where there's more. The the Barbie is not even prenamed anymore. Um, yeah, Christy. Christy was the the dark skinned doll. I I'm so I was correct. Um, Christy was a dark skinned doll. She didn't hit the scene until 1980. And Francie, Christy and Francie were the friends of Barbie, um, and those were the ones that made their appearance to our probably in the culture. Um, now today, you even have it where you have have dolls who have. Uh, vitiligo, you have dolls who are, you know, have, you know, physical uh, disabilities where it's like they're more relatable. Um, but back in the 90s, when I was a kid, you just had Christy. And that was a close one. My mom's house always been an advocate of having dolls that look like me. But in a way, Christy didn't look like me because Christy was smaller. Christy was the ideal girl that every, you know, little girl wanted to probably take on as their doll, but there wasn't a full figure one. I'll never forget how, for me, I never seen representation of myself when it came to television. Whenever there was a black girl on TV, like Saved by the Bell with like Voorhees or shows like that, even on Kenan and Kel, you had Lori Beth Denberg who represented for the plus size girls, but you didn't have anybody who represented for the black girls who were plus size. You had Giovanni Samuels who wore locks. You have Angelique Bates who was, you know, had more of a coarser texture hair. Um, you had Christy Knowings who was more of a medium brown skin girl uh, with a big smile, you know, and supposedly big lips, you know, those those features. But you never had a plus size girl. So the reason why people probably understand why most of my friends know that when it comes to the 90s, that they, it was big for me because I seen me in hip hop. That was the only place I was able to see myself in an area that 
it might not have been accepting, but there wasn't verbal backlash or wasn't any type of disservice done to my mental by watching that. So Queen Latifah, yes, as y'all know, is a major, major influence on my life because imagine little four or five-year-old me. Um, I've always been thick. I've always had thighs. I've always had butt. But to see somebody, you know, embrace that and still be out here and just showing like you do exist on TV. Even today, um, Teeth is still out here flourishing and just doing exceptional things. But you got to remind myself, like back in the day, looking at and being a tomboy, watching a tomboy on TV and just embrace herself. is just like it was dope. And it was knowing that especially she was a successful, you know, magazine editor and chief and editor. It was just like, oh, you can still be big. You know, you can still be above average. And, you know, still do your thing. You don't always, like, the first thing everybody felt like, oh, you should put her in basketball because I'm tall and I'm thicker. Given it was something I wanted to do, but I feel like that's what people only felt I can do. Or she's on the track field. Oh, Jess can't run a 300. Let her do shot put in discus. Well, little do y'all know I can run a 300. I can run a 400. Don't let my size deter you from what I'm able to do because I was one of those few girls who was on a basketball team where I'm up there doing suicides and sprinting with the point guards and dusting the guards in the process. Like... All because I'm big don't mean I don't know how to hustle down the court. And normally because I was a bigger girl, I was able to get down the court quicker, which is why I'm such a great defensive player. Now, we ain't going to play like that. Like offense, I got a little something, but I'm a defensive player. I play defense. And when it comes to defense, I'm the enforcer. I'm going to let you know that you ain't about to get this basket easy. You're going to have to get around this brick house. And you had songs like Brick House and stuff like that that were out back in the day. But it's just like being plus size has never been easy. Even now to this day, it's like some people literally do have a disorder where they're thyroid, you know, whatever. But I feel like for me, body dysmorphia was a thing because it was constantly reminded like you're, you're shaped like an ass, like stick your, suck your stomach in. To this day at 32, I subconsciously don't even know that I do it, but I suck my stomach in. And I do it without realizing I do it because I've been doing it for so long. Given it's, I have a very, I want y'all to know my core is tight. It's tight and right. But I have a very tight core because I've constantly always done it. So, like, now as I'm older, it might not got them six-pack abs, but there's muscle underneath all, you know, all that body fat. Um, and you're now starting to see where it's embraced more. We have people like Lizzo that's out here where even though they fat shame her or body shame her, they're trying to say she's unhealthy, but she works out. So, you know, you really can't determine. You don't know by saying shit like that what you might be instilling in somebody's mind for them to feel less than. And I feel like that's another way where they try to derive and put us and tear us down. And it might not just even be for me, but even for, you know, a young black girl who, a young white girl who might be sitting here feeling the same way. You know what I'm saying? But you don't see as much representation. Probably the representation of your people is more acceptable than mine because it's whatever. You know what I'm saying? You got things like Lane Bryant, Ashley Stewart. But how often do we see places that are created by black women for black women that are plus size? So it, it, it comes into that mindset. I was talking to one of my good homegirls, and she was telling me how she has body dysmorphia. But she knows a girl who's had like four BBL surgeries. And you're like, you know, this, the, the severity of thinking about that is not just her improving, trying to improve her body to fit an aesthetic. But how much do you not love yourself because you're letting the outside noise cloud your judgment on the inside where you have to go and get a BBL, four of them done, and you're altering what? Like, look at K. Michelle. K. Michelle might have suffered from body dysmorphia where she got them implants in her ass where now she wanted to take them out. And it took surgery after surgery. It's like, but once you go there, can you really come back? 
And my homegirl had her body done. And she was like, she don't get it done again. But she suffers from body dysmorphia. And she's smaller than me. You see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter what size you are. It just matters of what your mindset is and how you perceive yourself. And the love you have for self. And maybe she might want to do a tweak because she want to do a tweak. But she might love herself, but not in her full capacity to accept it for what it is. Or who, or who she is. And a representation that matters. Like, I feel like I could never, and it's no judgment to nobody else, but I feel like I could never go ahead and get surgery done on my body. I'm not in the big chest category, which is cool. I'm okay with that. I've accepted it now. Was I, did I at a point in time want to get a boob job? Hell yeah. But it's like, there's so much that comes with it. It's sacrifice putting yourself under the knife. Like, you're not even guaranteed to wake up. And... I've always had a muscular build. Like, my body has muscle memory. If I really was wanted to be dedicated, dedicated like I should, and wasn't trying to indulge, which I'm doing now, I'm back on my regimen of, you know, better, better eating to match the workouts I do five times a week. But if I really wanted to, I could have a flat-ass stomach and big ass, and my ass is mine, and it's natural. Why? Because I've done it before. Like, I have the pictures to prove it. Like, I was snatched in the waist, and you know what I'm saying? good where I was at. I But I had acne bad when I was a kid, so that's probably why I felt like I was ugly because my face looked like a crater face. Now that I'm older, I suffer from adult acne, but it's not as bad as it was. It's pretty much like hyperpigmentation. And occasionally on a cat average female, when you have your period, your face break out. You know what I'm saying? So it's that. And because I'm of lighter, lighter melanin on a skin spectrum, I'm literally a yellow bone where like I have yellow undertones. So it's easy to see those that hyperpigmentation and see those pimples or see where I've had scars from, you know, pimples and stuff on my face because it's easier to spot. You know what I'm saying? But it made me feel ugly. So now that I'm older and my face is clearing up my body, I'm just looking at like, ew, you got love handles. Ew, you got a bunch of extra fat around your stomach um, in your midriff area. You can't wear a crop top now. Like back when I was 23, 22, I was wearing crop tops regularly. Okay, honey? And it was my, my jeans was fitting nicely. Like my thighs were not as massive, I feel to me, but it's just like I'm not comfortable in the skin I am. But how can I be wanting somebody to love all of me if I'm not loving myself? You feel me? So there's times I still have moments, I'm not even gonna hold you. There's times I have moments where I'm just like to myself, like, ew, you look fat. Like there's a bathing suit I bought. And I'm like to myself, girl, you look horrible. And you look too fat to wear this. And like my mom even was like, ooh, that's not it. Like think about having your own parents try to tell you that you're not it or like, this doesn't fit you, but it's like, baby girl, you're not what you used to be either. And you over here wearing stuff and it's like, you got cellulite, but we ain't talking about you. You know what I'm saying? Well, I feel like that also incorporates into the black woman being so defensive because we're so quick to spew venom because that's what was spewed at us. Like if it comes up in the household and that's what's done when you're around, when your mother's constantly criticizing you because there's not, I don't feel one black woman where their mother didn't criticize them at one point in life. You're going to constantly keep that in your head, even though it might have been five seconds of criticism that lasts you for five times and five times over of what you feel about yourself. You feel me? So it's like that stuck in my head. And then when I said, put in the picture, everybody's like, yes, body, da, 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 da. Like Chastity Saunders, I love her. Like Chastity Sanders, I love her. Like she's so dope. Like she embraces full figure women, but she's out here like doing the damn thing and doing it unapologetically. Like it's crazy that there's a lot more images to embrace yourself and see yourself, like, Rhapsody is not small, but in the modeling world, she'd be considered plus size, but she's not even that big. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a pressure. The pressures of the world to conform to what? Because it's like, we're the blueprint. Like, Sarah Bartman was displayed as a freak of nature because she had a big ass and big chest. Like, her body wasn't of the average. 
They literally took her body parts, chopped them, and put them in a French museum to display it as a, a circus freak. Like, she was part of a circus freak where they were raping her just because of how she looked and it wasn't above something they've ever seen before. Sarah Bartman was the first black woman I heard about when I was a kid. And that's the first thing my mother taught me because my mom was an educator to know who Sarah Bartman was. And sh thank you to Sarah Bartman. And I, we appreciate you out over here in the black culture for us black full figure women for being and taking the ex exploitation that you know didn't deserve just to show them what that we are what you want to attain. We didn't take fillers. We didn't take surgeries. We were naturally filled with bodies who had thicker skin. You know how they say like homegrown? It was homegrown. I'm a New York girl, but my grandmother from the South. I was cornbread fed, baby. My butt I've always had. My ass, my thighs have always matched my ass because I've always, it's hereditary. But I used to think as a child, it was a disgrace to have that body because every girl was smaller. Now you fast forward 20 something years later, y'all bitches want to look like me. Hmm. But you can't because you can never say that your shit is natural. Mine is natural. Stomach. Yeah, it ain't. It's, it's a little puff there, but it's whatever. Like, I'll never forget. I was on the phone with my homegirl. And there's moments I really be having mental breakdowns about my body when my body dysmorphia hits. And I really just be like, ill girl, you're disgusting. And I sent the picture to my homegirl, my Sora Ed, back in Cali over there, you know, my shorty, my home gal. And she was like, if your mom can't see the beauty in you, then that's that's on her. And I was like, girl, I'm 267 pounds. And I don't mind telling y'all because I don't care. Yeah, I'm 267 pounds. I'm 5'10". I'm probably less now because I've been working out. I don't do scales because, of again, suffering from body dysmorphia will have me spiraling spiraling because there's times I used to starve myself as a kid and don't get me wrong I still have probably bad habits now that I do but they're more healthier but it's like spiraling so I'm 267 pounds I'm 5'10 I'm 32 and I was like girl I'm like 267 she said shut the fuck up you're lying you're not no almost damn near 300 pounds now mind you I said I'm 267 no one she no man no offense about it but of course that's what you're going to rate it to now mind you when I first came to Charlotte and I moved down here I was 283 pounds bigger Wearing a size 1820. I'm wearing a 1416 now. But that's the size I was wearing in high school. But it fits different now because I feel like I was slimmer. So I was wearing like a 1214, which is what I'm trying to get back to. But not too bad too because I feel like I look sick. If I look like a blow pop, like big ass head, small body. So she was like, no, there's no way you like 267. She was like, girl, you look no day over like 191, 200 pounds. But because I'm tall, it doesn't show as much. Like imagine somebody who's 5'5", five five, who's 267 pounds. They're going to be rounder and wider as opposed to me being taller. It's in my ass, my thighs, and I probably got some love handles. So it doesn't hit as much, but it's there. You see what I'm saying? So I think about, I think like I'm the person that's 5'5", five five where I'm round, looking like, you know, the girl Violet from Willy Wonka. And whole time, I'm more of the physique of, girl, you thick. Like, yeah, you thick, thick, though. Like, you're not fat, but you're not skinny. You're above average. But you got a little extra meat on them bones. You see what I'm saying? So it, it it's like a pressure for me. Like now, I like and the fact that my weight where Selena Johnson made a book the weight is over. Shout out to Selena, where she suffers from the same thing. She's the same height as me, and we've always fluctuated with our weight. Where it's like if we gain weight, we still look good. If we lose weight, we look even better. But even when we gain or lose weight, you can tell. But it's not where it looks to the point where it's like. Oh my God, girl, you gained so much weight. You know what I'm saying? Like the face gets a little fuller, the body gets a little fuller, but we wear it and carry the weight where it'll still look good. You know what I'm saying? And she said she suffered from looking at herself where it's like where she had a point in time in her career 
where she was starving herself, doing two, three-day workouts times a day and only drinking water and barely eating, which is not healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm an average water drinker, which I'm going to tell you a secret, not because I like water, because I do love water, but as a kid, I was always told to drink water, don't drink juice, because it's going to add more calories. So water is literally what our body's made up, and it's better to drink more water, because that's how we lose weight, which I didn't realize until now, literally in 32. Shocking, right? Where water is better for us to lose weight than anything. Now, Selena has a bachelor's in uh, nutrition science, and that's all stemmed back from her perspective of what she was told as what she looked like as a kid, you know, fluctuating with her weight. And even so to this day, you can tell Selena fluctuates with her weight. She went from bodybuilding, body's not exactly the same how it was, but she's trying to get back, you know what I'm saying? But she looked damn good for her being in her mid, mid to late 40s. I ain't going to deny that. Same thing with Celicia. Celicia's her sister who, you know, was over 200 and something pounds and she's down almost like almost 100 pounds so it's like it's the pressure of what society puts in our minds for us to feel like this is not acceptable you're ugly you know what i'm saying back to like it even takes us to where it's the perspective of good and bad hair or wannabes and jigaboos or brown paper bag tests it all stems from what was culturally spewed in us from the toxicity of our early days telling us we weren't good enough I think the social stigmas are something that really truly stick because how could you sit here and love yourself when you still got those who make you feel less than, you know what I'm saying? And you do want to have, not saying you want to appropriate to the culture of the world, but it's just like you want to feel loved. You want to feel accepted. Like who doesn't want to feel that? But I just feel like sometimes even when I look at myself, I'm like, ugh, girl, your acne got you fucked up today. Like you're ugly because you don't have a, a valid face card that doesn't have blemishes or you're ugly because your body's thicker. And you're asked probably only what they want and you're good, you know what I'm saying, for whatever. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, but it's just like the stigma to feel like I got to have a flat waist with a fat ass. Well, most girls I know that got a fat ass and thick at the bottom don't really have that much of a slim, tight, tucked waist. There's a little bit of extra meat on that. You know what I'm saying? There's a little bit of rolls that got a little jelly and butter. It's not 100% where everybody doesn't have a little extra meat. So... Body dysmorphia really kind of comes where it's like, I think I first seen it when I watched Real World seeing Tammy Tammy Roman and realizing like, I'm not the only one who thinks like Tammy was skinny when she was on Real World. She's skinny now. Like she's, and I won't say skinny because I might be offensive. She's fit now. Like she's of slimmer body frame now. Like she was slim then, but she, you know what I'm saying? So watching Tammy over the years, as y'all probably seen from Basketball Wives, she like at a point in time people saying like is Tammy okay she looks sick is she suffering and Tammy's just like I study from stuff from body dysmorphia so what y'all see is fine for y'all wasn't good for me when she got her mouth mouth wire shut when you know she went through the transition even from basketball wise in the time frame when she was getting that backlash and where she is now she's a slimmer frame like Tammy fucking looks amazing but who are we to judge what she sees of herself? You know what I'm saying? That's a love she has to find within herself. And a love I'm pretty sure I feel like she may may have found. I don't know in particular. This is allegedly me speaking from my perspective because I still didn't find that full love. But be mindful when you say like, oh, girl, you thick. Or, yeah, I like it with a little bit of extra punch. Because some people, that might be triggering. That might be a fact where you're over here grabbing on their love handles. And that's something where they're over here thinking like, I don't want to look like that. Like damn unpretty you know what i'm saying like unpretty is literally what it is when tlc made it you can buy your hair if it won't grow you can fix your nose if you said so you can buy all the makeup that matt can make but if you can't look inside you found out who am i to be in a position to make me feel so damn unpretty 
You even have a point where it's in the thing where, where Chili's looking at boobs, getting a boob job done and having electronically done to look like what it looks like to have bigger boobs because she's not that big in the chest area. And it's like, we need songs like that to empower us. But it's like, as soon as you have somebody who makes that representation, like Lizzo just got an Emmy for um, Watch Out for the Big Girls or something like that. Her her special on a Prime, Prime video. And she was like, this is for the fat girls. This is, if you want to tell the little fat girl back in the day, it's like, you downplay yourself to make them feel better because you want to hurt yourself before they hurt you. And I know that was me like, oh, I'm a fat girl. Duh, 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 duh. Like, I'd be like, girl, I'm fat or X, Y, and Z. And my homegirls will say it because we want to say it before you say it because then if you say it, it doesn't hurt as much. You see what I'm saying? If, you, if I say it first, it can't sting as bad. But you know what? It still stings, but I'm just trying to get ahead of the curve before you do. The diseases are constantly growing and it's, it's, it's at a rapid rate. But I just feel like it's more of empowerment for us to uplift and try to make us feel better. Like, I know y'all seen Why Did I Get Married when it was saying Sheila gained all that weight. And when she finally lost it, he was like, oh, well, look, you look amazing. And he was like, well, what did you do? She was like, I had somebody who loved me and wanted me to be healthier, which, excuse me, in my mindset feels when you have want to have a healthier mindset, you're able, it, the weight naturally falls off because it's not the focus. The focus is being in a healthier body. And I think that's what it has been for me where I still have my days, but I'm more focused on what I put into my body for my body to be at its best than it is for me to show what the image is. And lo and behold, I know some of my, I'm, I'm losing weight because my some of my clothes are, I'm feeling them not to be as tight as they were. But that's because I'm not thinking about it. Like I still do by daily drinking my detox water, lemon with cayenne pepper and ACV water, 16 ounces every day, or fasting, intermittent fasting, where I'm taking 16 hours off and eight hours of eating and eating in smaller portions. You know, I'm still doing stuff like that, which I probably don't know, but it's like that's the only way for me to maintain and feel like I'm constantly detoxing my body in a healthier way rather than me starving myself. It's, it's traumatizing, and I, I, I want us in this day and age now to, to embrace each other, to think of the, the mindsets of, of how traumatizing it could be for us. So I want us to love ourselves. I want us to be on a high note. I want us to embrace each other and motivate each other to be the best we can be. And whatever alteration somebody makes to themselves, it's by their own decision for them to love themselves. But... I feel like if we have more representation to see us out in the world or see who we think we should look like or who we should be and watch somebody love themselves and advocate for self, where would be a better place? I'm just saying. It's the weight of it all. And the pressures sometimes really come down on us where we hold the weight of the world on our shoulders and it's not our weight to carry. We only got to worry about self. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. And I always tell y'all, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. I ain't perfect, but I'm trying to be better than I was the day before. I love y'all, and you're not alone. Great.